world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers. Put the Locked on Podcast Network available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're going to look ahead to the meeting with the Grizzlies. You are listening to Friday, November 3rd show. And the Blazers are back after a three-game road trip riding a red-hot two-game winning streak over to Toronto and Detroit back at the Moda Center where they will face the winless 0-5 Memphis Grizzlies. It'll be the first in-season tournament game in uh, in Blazers history. It won't be the first uh, in-season tournament game in league history because there are tip-offs before it. But the Bla- but the NBA's inaugural in-season tournament begins Friday evening, Tuesdays and Fridays in uh, in November all season long, and it kicks off this Friday. So in today's show, we will talk about that matchup, talk about the in-season tournament, give you a little refresher on what's at stake, show you the goofy court the Blazers are going to be playing on, etc., and then talk a little bit about the Grizzlies to close the show. Let's get into it. The big news here is the injury report, right? Like that's that's what we were looking at. Scoot Anderson, you know, checks out of the game midway through the third quarter against the Pistons and never came back. Chauncey uh, Billups told reporters after the game that he didn't know how severe it was, but uh, Scoot Anderson was the first player waiting outside the locker room to high-five everybody and say, "Good, great game, uh, and be his general jovial gasser self. Uh, but he's officially on the injury report. Uh that's a bummer because he was starting to to look like he kind of understood what was going on a little bit better after a rocky first three games. His last two games have undoubtedly been his best. Uh, even then, like you're still seeing the growing pains from a teenager playing the hardest position to learn in the sport. But like he was getting better, you know. He was he was he was he was scoring in double figures. He was he was finding his teammates a little bit better. He had really it looked like in. Um, Particularly that that meeting with the Pistons was developing some real chemistry with DeAndre Ayton, something that we had um, thought would be a little bit smoother earlier on. But the, the you know after the first four games, they finally kind of figured it out. No scoot. So what are they going to do? Um, there's two choices, right? They don't. It's not like they have a whole bunch of guards who can play at this level. But the simple one is you start Malcolm Brogdon. I think this is the easiest and most straightforward solution. I think that's what they do. You start Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, one of the only other complications here is that uh, Shane Sharp is listed on the injury report as probable with a right thumb sprain. If if Shea doesn't play, it's like. It's just a whole different thing, right? Like we're going to get to see Chris Murray for the first time. We're going to see Matisse Thibel play some shooting guard. Um, we're going to see a whole lot of Skylar Mays. But let's assume for now probable, which in the NBA parlance means 75% chance of playing. But but we shall see with Sharp. Let's let's assume he plays, though. I think the easiest thing to do is just slide Malcolm Brogdon into the, um, into the starting lineup. He's... Uh, pretty clearly still the Blazers' best guard. He certainly doesn't have the potential of Shaden Sharp, and I think there's a time here in the not-too-distant future where you could call Shaden Sharp uh, better than Malcolm Brogdon. I'm not sure. I don't think that that's true right now, but I think it's trending that direction rather quickly after an awesome game from Sharp against the Pistons. 
Um, regardless, I don't think it really matters who's better or whatever, but like Malcolm Brown's good. He's good. He's one of the best players. Um, maybe there's like a thing where he wants to be a bench guy. You know, he, he didn't ever start games for, for Boston last year on, on route to winning the sixth man of the year. Um, so maybe he's has a thing now where he comes off the bench. I can't imagine he cares about that, but maybe he does. I guess we'll find out Friday, right? If it isn't, Malcolm, if, if, if he wants to continue to be a bench guy because he's one chasing hardware, which well on his way, baby, he's been good off the bench and he's closing games and playing big minutes. Um, you only, you only need to get to 42 so we could start one game here depending but um but uh, you but if if they don't start Brogdon if he continues his bench role where he's going to come in and then and close games and still play his his 28 to 30 33 minutes depending on sort of the situation um it'll be Skylar Mays Skylar Mays hasn't played a ton this year you know he's played one game where he's played double digit minutes he played pretty well in that game against the against the Toronto Raptors uh I like Mays as a as kind of a I like him as a third point guard a lot. Um, I think he's I think he's like perfect in a third point guard role. Most nights he doesn't play. When you do need him to play, he's got a level of just like execution. Uh, one thing I've liked about Skylar Mays is a couple times when he has gotten in the game, I've seen him tell his teammates the play. He knows the play. He hasn't even been playing, and he knows the action. Hey, get over there, run this play, or you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to actually initiate higher up. And I've, I've seen him point and yell and do things like that. And I like. Um, you know, he's, it's not like he is, you know, Mays is a functional, smart basketball player. He's like a true pass first point guard. Um, typically in the modern NBA pass first point guard just means backup point guard. You got to score to play that position in the league nowadays. Uh, but he gets people in the right spots. He can make passes. I will say he has this year passed up a couple open looks. Shoot it. Shoot it when you get the ball. Um, and I think not shooting it is a problem in, in the league now. It's, it is, that's just how the sport works these days. If you pass up good looks at threes, you are hurting the offense. So I want to see Skyler do that a little bit more. But he's like totally, totally functional. He's a backup E point guard, third type of point guard. Um, I don't expect him to go nuts. He had some really good games during the Tankathon last year. Um, totally competent player and, and can help. Regardless of the role, though, right, for Mays, um, start, come off the bench, what it is, he's going to be playing in the 24-plus minute range. Like, he's going to play a lot because they don't have other capable guards. Ryan Rupert's just not quite there. Uh, and I'm not sure they have anyone else who can handle the ball with regularity. Uh, Shaden Sharp's been playing a ton. He's been pushing 40 minutes every night. Uh, nothing's going to change there. Malcolm, gonna, Malcolm Brogdon is going to play a bunch, and you're just going to see a ton of Skylar Mays and maybe more, more minutes of Matisse Thibel, although he hasn't played uh, uh, a bajillion minutes. And I think there's a chance that Chris Murray jumps into the rotation because uh, Matisse plays some minutes at the two and Chris Murray has to play some minutes at the three. But there's a chance they don't, um, the, the Murray doesn't play and they just play more Tamari Kamara, who obviously the Blazers really like and he's been really good, and uh, and more Jabari Walker at those minutes and just, and, and also. Let it ride with Jeremy Grant playing a whole bunch as well. That's what it's going to look, look like from the Blazers' side. Um, this is, and I'll talk about this more to close the show, a winnable game. It's a winnable game. Uh, the, the Pistons game was a winnable game, and they found a way to win it down the stretch with some really nice play from Shaden Sharp, who had a monster second half after falling behind. Um, the Grizzlies are better than 0-5, but they have struggled this year, and you kind of, at some point, you are what you are, and they're a team that is struggling right now. So totally winnable game, a chance to get to 500, um, 
it'll be fun. And part of the reason that it'll be fun is that basketball's fun. And the other part of the reason it'll be fun is because it's an in-season tournament game. That means you're going to get to see the Blazers wear a new uniform. That used to be a fun thing. Now the NBA has totally oversaturated us with new uniforms to the point where it's like, they got a new uniform. Huzzah. But but we'll, but they do have a new uniform. Huzzah. And they're going to play on a special court because of the in-season tournaments. Um, I'm going to show you both. If you're watching on YouTube, I am going to bring up images of both the new jerseys and the new court in the second segment. But regardless, let's talk in-season tournament. This is going to be fun because um, the NBA has... They're going for a ratings spike. And for the diehards, it's a game that we'll watch. And for maybe the more casual fans, here's a little reason to watch. A carrot from the NBA. Let's talk about the carrots and uh, and and the matchup with the Grizzlies in the second segment. First, let's talk prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. Uh, other daily fantasy options you're going to be playing against pros. You're going to be playing against the field. You're going to be playing against sharks and, and and folks who can throw a whole bunch of cash to win big DFS prizes. Well, prize picks removes all of that confusion and removes the clutter. It's daily fantasy made simple and it's a whole bunch of fun. Here's how it works. Prize picks has a whole bunch of different sports you can choose from. You click through, you find players that you like, you add them to your entry between two and six players on every entry. And it's just you versus the statistical projections that prize picks has. So you pick more or less than the numbers they got. I played the NBA. That's what I'm most comfortable with. So that's what I play. I use the app super easy to use. I can make an entry in about 60 seconds and it's things like points, rebounds, assists, steals, and I say more or less than the line set by prize picks. And that's that. When you win, you get your money quickly. And right now, new users, you go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. They'll match a dollar for dollar when you go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use that promo code NBA. So you don't want to put in 100 bucks? Put in 25 bucks. They'll match at $25. You can have a whole bunch of fun. It's prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. All right. So, Friday, you're going to be settling down. Perhaps you're in the Moda Center. And you're going to get to see a wacky new court because it's the NBA's in-season tournament. Um, the the in-season tournament, like, broadly speaking, unimportant. <laughs> It's a regular season game. It counts as one of the 82, but it has a little more juice. And I will say this, this it runs on Fridays, Tuesdays and Fridays, but it starts on a Friday, so Fridays and Tuesdays in November. And then it wraps up with the semifinals and finals December 7th and 9th. So like the by the second week of, of December, we will be done with this. We'll, we'll have dismissed the in-season tournament and moved on to the rest of, of the rest of the sport, the rest of the regular season. The NBA needs some juice. Many, 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 many casual fans don't pay a lick of attention until Christmas Day, and then they check back in in the spring. Um, is this a television ratings grab by the league? Absolutely. Is it a worthwhile gamble? Absolutely! Because if folks weren't watching anyways, why not make some fake little incentives? Um you know, I think at some point the league will have to figure out how to make it matter to players. Right now, it's a cash prize if you win. To some, you know, it's like a million bucks. Like, that's, at some point, that does, even the richest folks want money, right? Like, um, so players making a, um, a very, very, gro a very, very great deal of money in, in the league, you know, still going to be incentivized, but is a cash prize something that, like, they're going to buy into and I care about? Am I excited for Jeremy Grant to get a million dollars? No. 
I'm not. I, I don't have, um, you know, Jeremy Grant already got 160 of them things. He doesn't need any more. And if he doesn't need any more, I'm not rooting for him necessarily to get it via the in-season tournaments. But, you know, for, for, for the, the, my freaks out there, the folks of you who are watching my show all summer, it's like, we're going to watch this game anyways. We love this stuff. We are deeply tied to it and perhaps addicted to it. But, like, your roommate who just saw that they got a funky court and funky New Jersey's, they might turn in, uh, tune in because of it. You know, your 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 spouse who doesn't otherwise care, your partner who doesn't otherwise care about uh, sports. Like, let me see the wacky court. Turn on the wacky court. Maybe it works, right? It's it's a worthwhile gamble because it's incredibly low stakes. I think at some point the the NBA might have to figure out how to <laughs> make it have more stakes so we actually care about it. Um, and I think the real test will be: Do NBA dudes care about it? If players play harder because there's something on the line, quote unquote, um, then it will have it will naturally have more juice. Um, I mentioned the court. I'm going to bring it up on the YouTube channel. If you are watching, if you're an audio listener, I will describe it to you. It is a fully red court uh, from from the boundary lines uh, all the way to the key and then stretching from each key right down the middle of the court is a tan stripe. So you've got all red everywhere with white uh, boundary lines and white three-point line and then a tan key. And inside the key, there is the in-season tournament trophy. And at the mid-court, you've got the in-season tournament trophy with Rip City in plaid on there. Um, This court is a lot. Every NBA team has one of these courts that's a lot. I'm a little... I don't know, concerned. I would say it is noteworthy how much red there is on this thing. Like, it's a lot of red. Um, tomorrow night, teams, the Blazers and, and, and Grizzlies aren't going to be wearing jerseys that I think are going to clash too bad. Blazers are going to be wearing black. Grizzlies are going to be wearing white. Um, there was a year when the Blazers had a super red paint and they had this new jerseys that really... Uh, blended in on TV. It was not a good viewing experience. I'm worried this is going to be a weird and wacky viewing experience, but it's fun and novel. And listen, the court might not be for me. Like maybe it's not for me. Maybe I don't care about this. Um, You got the Dr. Jack logo and a little bit of plaid there on, uh, I believe that's the east side of the arena on the, on the court opposite the players' benches. Like, do I, like maybe this isn't for me, right? But it's, Again, a low-stakes novel idea, adding a little novelty, making the game special. Um, it is. It's whatever. I don't. I think. I. I think. Generally speaking, I don't care about it. Um, but it's a fun, wacky idea, and I think like the league needs to try fun, wacky stuff because right now, November, December games don't matter to casual fans. Will this make it matter to casual fans? I don't know, but it'll be a little bit of fun. Blazers are also wearing new jerseys. I'll pull those up for you on the YouTube channel as well now too. Uh, Let's let's actually show the front before we show the back. Um, plaid, plaid, plaid waistband. They say Rip City and plaid. They got little shoulder plaid, um, plaid spots on them too. Um, it, sort of like back lapels, I would call them. Uh, they're you know black jerseys. I think in general, in in terms of like um, in terms of a uh, a Nike design jersey, these are pretty good. I think they're a little. Boring, but um, as always with these things, when you see them on a player and when you see them live, they look better than when they do just like the the leaks. The leaks always look like crap. Um, the league could stop the leak problem. Here's how the league stops the leak problem. Just release the jerseys. 
Just show us the dang jerseys. That's it. I, fi- I figured it out. I figured it out. That's how you do it. You just show the jerseys. You don't you won't make them like this exclusive drop that needs to come out five games into the season. In freaking August, just show us the jerseys. And show us the jerseys with nice professional images on players. Whenever the guys show up and take it's like a media day and they have those photos, just release the jerseys, okay? That's it. That's how you avoid the leaks. Um, it's pretty simple. Then we, people won't have to find them in video games and find them on, on like you know the like jersey websites that, that track this stuff down. Um, I don't know. It's it, it seems like uh, it seems like a simple solution. I, I would say in general though, I didn't like these jerseys when I saw them leaked, and I like them now. I think they're I think they're totally fine. Totally fine. Maybe like is a little strong. I think they're totally fine. Um, albeit a little bit boring, but they look they look pretty clean. Um, the shade and sharp modeling that I just showed on the YouTube page. Um, everything you need to know about the um, the the in-season tournament if you may have forgotten one it's a regular season game but it is the it is the first of four of these that the Blazers are going to play so the way that it works is the league has 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 taken all every team in the league and divided them into six groups of five there's three in each conference there's 15 teams so there's three groups in each conference the Blazers group is Grizzlies is the Grizzlies the Phoenix Suns the Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Lakers um, you play two home games Grizzlies and the Lakers you play two road games the Suns and Jazz and then based on your win-loss record and then a whole bunch of funky tiebreakers is how it's going to end up happening because you only play four games but win-loss record the winner of each group goes to the quarterfinals plus the two wildcard teams the teams with the best records at, that didn't win the group in each conference that's going to be it's going to be tiebreaker stuff. It's going to get well, once we once we've played three four games, we'll start to figure out um, if the Blazers are in the running. We'll get deep into the tiebreaker stuff here on the pod. But those eight teams will play in the quarterfinals. You get an extra game uh, from there. You get the semifinals. Those happen in Vegas, December seventh. Finals happen in Vegas, December 9th. It'll be a big TV thing that maybe we'll tune into and care about, or maybe we won't because it'll just be a regular season game, but I bet they will have a funky court and funky jerseys. Like I said, this is a low-stakes thing that I think has a has a chance to add a little more juice to otherwise games that to games that we otherwise wouldn't really care about. Um, I think like if you're a Blazer fan, Memphis, Phoenix, Utah, and the Lakers, like those are all games that you would tune into. Like even casually, you probably tune into those games. But um because those are competitive teams, you know, the Grizzlies and Suns are really good. The Lakers are a rival and the Jazz um a traditional rival who was at least competitive last year, although I guess somewhat anonymous to casual fans at this point. So I, I think like my thoughts on the on the on the in my general thoughts on the tur- on the tournament are like I think it'd be fun to play in a weird court. I think the jerseys are fine, and I think it's a low stakes f- gamble to to add a little bit of juice to these um, to these games that otherwise wouldn't matter. And if I don't care about it, if I say this doesn't matter, it's true because if these are just regular season games, uh, everyone has eighty games on their schedule to begin with, and then once they figure out the seating with stuff, uh, the Blazers will will get an eighty first and then an eighty second game. Will they play in? Will they play in the in um the in the quarterfinals and semifinals and then maybe an eighty third game in the finals? Or will they just um be paired up with however the algorithm works, the scheduling algorithm works after that? We shall see. Um, I saw someone map out all the permutations of who you could play, and that is just too much for us right now. What we need to know is Blazers Grizzlies Friday night first in season tournament game, and guess what? Let's talk about the Grizzlies. This is this is an interesting matchup, um, and the chance for the Blazers to legitimate legitimate shot for the Blazers to get a win against a scuffling and beat up Memphis team. Let's talk about the scuffle. Let's talk about the injuries. Let's talk about some fun matchups to watch. Join me in that third segment first. 
Let's talk about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Look, you can't bet on the Thursday night football game because you're listening to Friday's show, but you've got a whole weekend of football to get in on the action, plus NBA games every single night. And right now, it's a great time to get involved with America's number one sports book because new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. You pick a team to win, you put $5 straight up on the money line. If you're not, if you're new to the gambling world, that just means you're picking them outright to win. You say they're going to win outright. Blazers beat the Memphis Grizzlies uh, the, on Friday evening. Give it to me. You win that $150 in bonus bets. And then once you do that, you got a whole bunch of money to play with. So if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, this is the time to do it. The app's easy to use, and they got a wide range of betting options that include not just a money line, but spreads, player props, over-unders, live betting, futures bets, all the sports you're looking for, not just the NFL, not just the NBA, but everything so visit fanduel.com slash locked on nba check it out that's fanduel.com slash locked on let me actually get the url right for you fanduel.com slash locked on one more time fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel an official partner of the nfl still a pass first point guard i'm still mike richmond and you are still listening to locked on blazers big one friday chance for the Blazers to get to 500. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since they've been back there. Uh, has not happened in the year 2023. Could it happen? Could it happen to close out the calendar year? Could they get back to 500? Well, a meeting with the Grizzlies. The struggling and, and well, well beat up Grizzlies. Memphis was going to start the season without John Morant. He's pretty bad at Instagram and that cost him 25 games, a 25 game suspension. So they were already going to be, you know, what at the 57 game mark, you know, 57 games left when, when Ja rejoined them. So that in the past hadn't been that big of a deal for, for the Grizzlies because depth had been a thing that they could rely on. But Late last year, Brandon Clark, a really effective reserve, towards Achilles. Then, heading into this season, Stephen Adams, who missed the playoffs, tried to have some sort of just non-surgical rehab stuff to get his knee right. His knee didn't get right. He had to have surgery right before the season started. He's out for the year. No Stephen Adams, who's basically like a an elite offensive rebounding team in and of himself. Basically, if you have Steven Adams on the floor and you play in the NBA, you are going to be one of the top two offensive rebounding teams in the league. He's just freaking an all-time great box-out guy. Brandon Clark, a really fun, springy, pick-and-roll, floater king, backup five, like small ball five, that can that can play a little bit, a little bit of four next to, to Brandon Clark, or next to Jaron Jackson. You're missing both those guys. You're missing Ja. Uh, now they, they also trade away to, um, Tyus Jones, who was John Morant's backup. And he was just a steadying presence, didn't turn the ball over and was just like really effective. He's, he's Skylar Mays plus, 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 just like a guy who got, who, who is a really quality backup point guard. They're missing that steadying presence. Signed Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is hurt and at least out for another week and he's not going to play. So no Steven Adams, no Brandon Clark, no Derrick Rose, no Ja. Santi Aldama, backup big, who's who's coming off the bench and playing regularly, he's doubtful in this game. They're beat up. They've signed, uh, according to Shamstrani, I don't know if the team has announced it yet, but according to Shamstrani, they've signed Bismack Biombo because they just need another veteran big to help. 
Memphis Grizzlies are struggling. They have the worst offensive rating in the NBA. They missed 43-pointers in their most recent loss, a 24-point beatdown at the hands of the Jazz where they gave up a buck 33. They missed 43-pointers. They took 54. They missed 40 of them. Not afraid to get them up. They traded for Marcus Smart over the summer, and he's been fine, but hasn't he's like he's just not that sort of like high level offensive player, and he's he's like the reverse of 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 Tyus Jones, right? He's not that calming presence. He is like the chaos engine. Um, it, you know, they they Dylan Brooks left in the offseason. They're they're maybe missing his presence, and Jaron Jackson Jr. just hasn't been efficient. the The depth that once was the strength of the Grizzlies is either hurt or on another team, or not young enough to be contributors yet. Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, um, just not quite there. Zaire Williams, who's starting, not quite there yet. Like th- This was, they've won 54 and 51 games in back-to-back seasons, and most folks thought they'd be right there in that range again. Maybe not a 50-win team, but you know, 47-plus, a team that competes for home court advantage and could conceivably, if everything, you know, goes their way and John Morant is available and, and healthy and, and playing at the level he's capable of playing at a team that could that could punch their way into into Western Conference Finals or, or potentially even make the Finals. They're that good. I think that was a perception of them. Steven Adams missing Steve-O is a big thing, but like they weren't supposed to be this bad. 78 games left, 77 games left after this, right? This is game six of a long, long season. And I worry for the Blazers that eventually they're going to get right. Luke Kennard's made one three all season long. He's one of the best shooters in the league. Um, they're going to bomb away, right? Like the, the shot profile's not going to change. They want to get threes up and they want to, you know, they want to cause turnovers and get out and run. Their half-court offense for two years has been awful. They want to get out and cause turnovers and they want to lock you up on defense. Defense hasn't been that good. And uh, the offense has been a nightmare so but I worry like I don't think it's like a trap game I think that's like first of all I think it's kind of an overused cliche and second of all the Blazers can't be trapped <laughs> they're not a good enough team to be trapped where they're going to overlook a team they're they got to scrap to win every game like that's how that's the level of the Blazers are at so there's no this isn't a trap game this is just a game against a team that is better than their record how much better I think that remains to be seen right like I think could the Grizzlies miss the playoffs yeah right right like for sure, teams that start 0-5, generally speaking, do not rally. Uh, Lakers started 2-10 last year and rallied. It happens. Um, but this is, um, this. it strikes me as a game where maybe this is where the floodgates open for the Grizzlies. Like, this is, this is the variance game. They missed 43s in the last one. Maybe they just pour in a whole bunch against, against the Blazers. Um, I think that's... Uh, you know, I'm not. I guess I'm not predicting anything, but I would say that's in the back of my mind. Like 0 and 5, absolutely struggling. The worst offensive rating in the NBA heading into the game. It's like, is this the game where they just like are normal? <laughs> is this the? Is this the? Like, even if they don't like, you know, correct to the mean and make, uh, out, you know, make 22, 25, 28 three pointers or something outrageous, right? Like set an NBA record. Uh, what if they just like get back to what is like the, uh, what would be a reasonable and normal shooting night. And Marcus Smart makes threes. Desmond Bain makes threes, uh, you know, and, and Jaron Jackson Jr. doesn't shoot 30% from the floor. And, and, and Luke Kennard comes off the bench and aces some three pointers. And that's a problem. Like, I, I think that's, that's it. And, or maybe the defense locks in the Blazers who have, have, um, you know, on the whole have not been very good on offense all year long, although they did play well in the second half against the Grizzlies, but, uh, or excuse me, against the, uh, against the Pistons. But, 
it's like they have not been smooth and they're and they're they're missing um you know they're going to be playing playing into their bench with Skylar Mays although there's a chance Skylar Mays is just straight up better offensive player right now than Scoot Henderson so I think this is a game worth circling to be like see the funky court see the funky jerseys and this is a very winnable game but a chance that the Grizzlies kind of get it going and get it rolling that is going to do it for today's show. Uh, I will be at the game on uh, Friday evening, so I will I will tell you what I'll tell you what I see. Uh, we will have uh, more shows for you next week. It's what we do. Um, <laughs> the The Blazers play the Grizzlies again on Sunday. This is one of those home homes. The first one is in season tournament game. That uh, the second one isn't. So after Sunday's game, uh, that's that the 6 p.m. tip off here in Portland. Uh, I will have your show for you on that one. So that's what we do. Five days a week, wherever you get podcasts. Two Grizzlies games to recap the next time we talk. Tell your friends about the show. Available wherever you get them. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.